Welcome, everyone. My name is Peter Hackett. I am the Global Program Director for Cypher. This is our fifth episode in our podcast series, and today we are going to discuss cybersecurity challenges for the Internet of Things. Also with me today is my colleague, Scott Krosky, the Global Chief Information Security Officer for Cypher. We are also pleased to have with us today Francisco Rente, who is our Global Chief Technology Officer and Head of our Operations, conducted from our Portugal office. Francisco comes to us today from Coimbra, Portugal, which is not only the location of one of the six Cypher Security Operations Centers, but is the headquarters for Cypher's Research and Development Lab. Francisco, how are you today? Hi, Pete. Hi, Scott. All good. Thanks for asking. Um, holding on until uh, this lockdown ends and looking forward to the end of the, the pandemic. So, fingers crossed and being positive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're all looking forward to putting this behind us, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, it, it's no secret that the next technology boom is going to be the Internet of Things, which also, we also refer to as IoT. Um, the global IoT market generated, uh, as you know, $16.5 billion in 2018 and is expected to witness a compound annual growth rate of about uh, 22% during the period from 2019 to uh, 2024. In addition to that, you know, the growing demand for IoT security regulations and guidelines for protecting the ecosystem is anticipated in the next several years. So before we begin, Scott, do you want to give us some, give us an overview on IoT? Yeah, absolutely, Pete. So IoT is a system of interrelated computing devices with the ability to transfer data over a network without requiring human-to-human or human-to-computer interaction. You can think of IoT devices as non-traditional computer systems that are connected to the internet and programmed to do certain tasks. Uh, there are many different categories of IoT devices. Um, with smart home devices, we see IoT systems such as like thermostats, home appliances, home security systems, cameras, and smart televisions. There's the personal fitness and health device category, which includes smart watches, Fitbits, heart rate monitors, and a myriad of other devices worn for fitness or even health purposes. There's other, uh, other categories include <clears throat> industrial control systems uh, that focus on improving manufacturing and agricultural systems. There's commercial systems such as medical, transportation, building automation. I mean, the list really does go on. Um, there are several concerns associated with IoT devices, specifically in the realm of security and privacy. Uh, this is one of the primary areas that Cypher is focusing on with our innovation efforts. So our parent company alone has over 1 million IoT devices under management. So we understand the importance of delivering new and innovative methods to secure these devices. And that's uh, really the focus of today's discussion. Great. Thanks for that introduction, Scott. So let's jump into this interesting topic. Francisco, as the global CTO of Cypher and head of operations out of Portugal, could you give us an overview of your job responsibilities? Okay, so um, as, as Global CTO, my, my main responsibility is to leverage synergy, synergies and, and some sort of jointly efforts between regions. Um, I basically try to do that through the, 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 each CTO, um, helping them to interact, helping them to share um, information and knowledge. And in other side, as head of Portugal, basically I work as a glue between the, the local management team. So my, my contribute is more to make sure that we are focused all in the same thing and, and we whatever we do is with quality and efficiency. Because the, I mean, as, as a management team, they are, um, they are very good on, on what they do. So I don't need to do much. <laughs> what are... Um some of the common mis misinterpretations surrounding the security of IoT devices? So I would, I would say that there are a lot of them, but uh, the two biggest ones, um, the first or the two biggest ones are basically 
the, the, the misunderstanding uh, about how to address the security. And, and um, usually people try to Im implement over IoT devices and IoT networks the same approaches that we do on regular IT security. And that, that usually that doesn't work out. Okay, so uh, probably, the, probably the biggest example is the fact that everyone try to, not everyone, but there, there is a lot of approach on the market where try to implement IoT security through uh, agent-based solutions and that simply doesn't work. So usually IoT devices has um, computation resources very, very, very low. So you, you cannot spare whatever resources you have to do extra security controls or, or extra security measures when uh, in the beginning you don't, you don't have that much resources available. So this is probably the biggest issue. For IoT security, um, uh, we need to, to come with novel approaches different from, from, IoT from the regular IT security. The second one is somehow related with the whole engineering process. So usually IoT devices are designed um, and, and developed by people that are engineers that are more close to the low level of, 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 uh, of these systems. I mean, I'm referring to people that are more used to develop firmware or, or even uh, the PCBs itself. So that they, 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 they are used to follow a development life cycle that is not agile or, or doesn't integrate security as, for example, the general uh, web application uh, development does. So, in this, uh, uh, because of this, there, there there is a lot of issues regarding uh, adding security components to these softwares, to these firmwares, to to or even the, the applications that control these devices. And and probably the biggest example here is the the, the difficulty of of uh, do a, a proper uh, patching management, patch management. So. Um, it's not easy to deploy patches. In most of the cases, it's impossible because the devices don't allow. And the vendors don't, don't sometimes the, the vendors not even issue the patches in first place. So there is no easy way or at least traditional way to fix the, the known vulnerabilities. Uh, resuming or in overview, I would say that the two biggest um, misunderstandings or misconceptions around IoT security are tight related with, with the approaches that we implement. For example, agent-based doesn't work, as well as uh, other IT uh, security approaches. Uh, the second one uh, is related with the, the difficulties that we, we have to implement security during the development cycle of these devices. Great, totally understood. So why then do IoT devices need cyber protection? So, like like Scott, I lied on the introdu introduction. So, IoT devices deal with with private data and, and, and confidential data. So, uh, and that is why they they there is a lot of concerns uh, around privacy and security of these devices. So, basically, we need to protect those devices uh, to assure privacy and, and confidentiality of the, their users. 
And the, the difference between the reality today and 10 years ago was always because this IT, IoT devices and IoT networks start to speak IP protocol. In the past, they usually have closed uh, communication protocols or even uh, um, non uh, unusual operating systems. So the, the, the attack surface was much lower. Uh, any any exploitation um, uh, that is attempted to, to those devices represented a, a much bigger effort because I mean, you don't know the protocol, you don't know the systems on the other side, it will be much more difficult to attack. So and, and until uh, uh, that time, um, I would say like more or less five years ago, but of course this, there is not a, a restrict point in time, but it's more a change over the years, but it started more or less five years ago. Um, those those systems uh, were kind of secure because it's, I'm not saying that, security by obscurity is a good thing but in this case somehow it worked because people didn't know what was on the other side they didn't have, have the means to attack uh, uh, those those devices networks when this new new ip based reality let's call it that way came on it it changed everything so conceptually speaking and 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 malicious actor doing a, an attack to, to a, a regular workstation or to IT device, IoT device nowadays, it's more or less the same. The, the communication protocols are the same. In, in a lot of cases, they use operating systems that you can have on your desktop. So it, it changed a lot. That is why uh, we, we started to come up with, with uh, some cyber protections to these devices. And in the end of the day, with the spread of IoT, um, for for smart buildings, smart cities, smart homes, or even critical infrastructures, um, like Scott highlighted, um, those devices can they start they can start to be critical by themselves, right? So so they they interact with physical world in, in critical situa situations where they need to assure safety by the measurements that they do, or in health sector, for example, is a good example. Um, or even they produce very high uh, sensitive or very critical inform information that needs to be properly ha handled. So I would say that we need to implement these protections to assure the confidential and privacy of the data that these systems handle. And we started to do that because they start to, to be more uh, accessible, accessible by, by the, the, the threat actors. Are there any notable security incidents that involved IoT devices? There are a few um, over the last years, but I would like to highlight two of them. Uh, the first one is the Mirai botnet because I mean it's it's widely known. It it, it was the first I, uh, IoT based botnet, um, and uh, the the kind of attacks that this botnet uh, did were were also novel back in those days. So the DDoS um, reached peaks that were never seen in, until that day, and 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 in the uh, in the end of the day, the, the, it was also a botnet much bigger than what what was usual. So IoT devices, bigger number, bigger botnet. The second example, um, it was in terms of scale, it was much more smaller, but uh, it it is nice to understand 
or it's nice to highlight because it represents um, very easily uh, what uh, a situation where a threat starts in the digital world and impacts the physical world. And I'm re referring to a situation that happened in, in, in the hotel in, in um, Austria uh, two years ago, uh, I believe so. So a hotel in the, in the ski resort, uh, which basically is a, a luxury hotel with all these smart devices around. And one of the smart devices that they were using are, uh, are uh, smart lockers on, on the rooms. So they end up being infected by a specific type of, of uh, ransomware and, and the guests uh, were locked on their rooms for almost 24 hours. So you can imagine the impact of this, this kind of things. So there are a lot of incidents, but probably these two are the, the, the most the, the ones that are more relevant to highlight. Understood. So one of um, Cypher's offerings is Yellowbox. Can you go into detail about what Yellowbox is and how it focuses on protecting IoT devices? Okay, yeah, it's kind of easy to do it. So Yellowbox um, is an end-to-end -end solution um, that assures cyber protection to electronic security systems. So electronic security systems are a type of IoT, like CCTV cameras, uh, physical access control systems, and all that. The kind of IoT that our group uses and the kind of IoT, like Scott said, that uh, our group has more than one million, right? So we, knowing all this context that we are speaking about, we, we just said, okay, it's important to start to protect these devices against cyber threats. And we came up with this uh, solution that includes uh, hardware, uh, software, and, and services. Uh, and by bundle these three components, we can assure um, the, the necessary protection and reaction to whatever cyber threats that came up. And we are also developing um, some capabilities to assure some prevention also. And in that case, it's based on intelligence. Scott, you mentioned to me that we have some research and development projects focused on IoT devices. Is that correct? Yes, Pete. Uh, we have several initiatives with regard to protecting IoT devices. Um, you know, Yellowbox was certainly one in which we rolled out uh, last year. Uh, one initiative uh, that, that we're currently doing today is through ProSegur's Open Innovation Program. Uh, so we're actually currently looking for entrepreneurs who have developed innovative solutions to address future security challenges. So our cybersecurity challenge for entrepreneurs is specific to the IoT security. And as Francisco highlighted today, there's a fundamental problem with IoT devices. One of the major challenges is in ensuring that IoT devices on a network are trustworthy. So in traditional I, you know, in information technology or IT systems, we can establish trust through several methods. You know, we can join computer systems to a domain, we can enforce common security policies across multiple systems. Uh, we can deploy security software on the IT system to protect them from threats. Um, with IoT devices, as Francisco said, this is not usually possible due to the way that their devices are engineered. So our challenge is to find ways to continuously discover IoT devices on a network 
and evaluate common attributes that can be evaluated for trust. So that's one of the efforts that we have currently underway. Um, another effort I'd like to spend time on today uh, is one of our many research and development projects, uh, our ESS and IoT honeypot projects uh, holds great promise for us this year. So, you know, Francisco, would you mind highlighting the goal of the this honeypot project? Sure, Scott. So this is actually what I uh, was briefly referring. So to 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 make some uh, prevention capabilities around yellow box solution, we, we started to, to create uh, systems capable of gather, gathering intelligence or cyber intelligence related to IoT or ESS's attacks. So it's kind of easy uh, to find in the market cyber intelligence nowadays, right? We, you, it's it's a, uh, almost a, a commodity on our market. But if you look closer, you will not find specific intelligence for ESSs or even for IoT. So we, we said, okay, this is quite important for us. We need, besides the protection and the reaction, we also want to do the prevention. So let's find a way to do it. So we developed uh, this concept of IoT um, in, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Oninet or, or Onipod that simulates different uh, uh, IoT uh, and ESS's vulnerable systems and collect information about the tactics, techniques, and, and, and procedures, uh, or and tools, of course, that uh, threat attackers are using to attack uh, ESS uh, systems. So with that intelligence, we can empower uh, our yellow box solution uh, by being one step uh, further than, than whatever we can do with the simple protection or the, the traditional protection and, and, and reaction. Yeah, that's that's great to hear, Francisco. And I, and I agree. And, and the, the, the challenge is, is like you said, there's a lot of, uh, you know, commodity uh, threat intelligence feeds out there. But yeah, I, I don't really know of any that focus on IoT besides ciphers. You know, so I think that that's, that's clear. Um, and, you know, obviously, the security of IoT devices is extremely important. Uh, I personally believe that with the rollout of 5G communications, this will be the catalyst uh, that will facilitate a major boom in IoT devices across the commercial market. So it's really important that we get ahead of this effort and come to market with security solutions for IoT devices because, you know, frankly, I, I don't know any other uh, MSSPs or managed security service providers out there that are focusing on this just yet. Um, and that's where we, uh, you know, Cypher is really, uh, really beginning to focus on and make sure that we, we have offerings to, to be able to protect customers um, in this regard. So, Pete, uh, any other areas that you want to focus on today? Yeah, you know what, Scott? I mean, I find the topic of cyber intelligence rather fascinating. Francisco, we would love to have some of our colleagues from your operations center come on on a future podcast to talk about some of the new and innovative ways um, that they're doing things. So that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. But if you don't mind, with the little time we have left today, could you take a little time to talk about our domain protection offering now that we have it and uh, how it helps prevent typo squatting and domain squatting threats? Yes, sure, Peter. So this is, as we all know, this is these are services that we are providing for a long time now, but they were mainly uh, done by humans, by analysts. So we start to develop um, a set of tools that somehow allow us to automate and to orchestrate and of course to increase quality um, of whatever we are doing around type squatting. So um, right, right now what, what we have in our socks is a technology that automates the process of uh, detecting the possible squatting 
and on top of that it analyzes uh, uh, or looks to whatever evidences uh, of that squatting become a real threat. For example, if if uh, a new domain came up, similar uh, in terms of wording, uh, similar to one of our customers, the system will detect it and will understand if there is, for example, a web server being set up under that domain, if it is, try to understand if that web web server is is serving a web page similar to our customer, because this will be evidences of a phishing campaign. So we are automating in our station all, all this process to make sure that we do or we we gave to our customers, we give to our customers, sorry, a faster and better answer. And this was what we we have been developed for the last few months. Thanks, Francisco. I'm looking forward to diving further into this topic of cyber intelligence in a future podcast and how it helps protect our customers. Francisco, any final thoughts? Yes, I mean it's it's clear that we we are putting a lot of effort uh, on on um, on protecting uh, IoT devices and IoT networks in the business to business perspective, and Cipher, of course, uh, sees this as, as one of uh, the most important pillars of our strategy for the future. But it's also important to highlight because, for example, Scott did it very well in the, in the introduction, saying that IoTs are also part of our personal life nowadays. So it's also important to highlight that these cyber threats that we spoke here today also impact our uh, impact us as individuals. So, uh, and so basically, uh, comparing to what I just said, I'm, I'm now referring to things from business to consumer more than business to business. So, just to give you a, a small example, um, a few days ago I was having this conversation with my wife because she was asking me why I, 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 I was against to connect this vacuum robot to our Wi-Fi network in our in our home and and I told her um, don't forget that the same Wi-Fi network is used used by us in our and by our daughter to to access internet to share our personal conversations to whatever so we don't know how secure is this system and, and it could represent an open door to an attacker. So I end up creating this separated VLAN with a separated SSID on the Wi-Fi to, to assure segregation. But that is the point. I'm not saying that we shouldn't use these IoTs because they are for sure added value for our level life, but we should somehow uh, put some security on top of it, and the, for the for the the business level or, or the business part of our lives, it's more easy, and people are is, is taking somehow care of that. Cipher is proposing solutions for it, but we also and, and I I would like to 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 leave this this message to our listeners. We also should be worried about about uh, IoT security in our personal lives in our homes. Scott and Francisco, thank you so much for your time. This has been very informative, and I look forward to our next podcast. For anyone interested in participating in the ProSegur Open Innovation Challenge on securing IoT devices, please visit the program website at www.prosegur.com forward slash come in. This link will be in the description of our podcast today. And for anyone of our listeners who are interested in our services, please reach out to us via our marketing department, which can be reached at marketing at
www.thinkandgrowthpodcast.com. Thank you.